Welcome to Drunk Bible Study. This show's mission is to read every single word of the greatest story ever told. A warning to our listeners, the hosts of this show are sinners, but they're doing their best. There will be drinking and there may be some swears. They did say they'd try to keep it clean, but I wouldn't put my money on it. I'm Emily, and this is Drunk Bible Study, where my good friends Denneker and Jace teach me, a born and raised atheist, all about the Bible. Jason Denneker, how are you doing today? Doing good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm. It's really nice to be recording at your place, Emily. Yeah, actually. here we are. Here, cut, cozied up on the couch with your cute little kitties. Yeah, yeah. the cats, I'm hoping, are not going to cause too much of a ruckus, mm-hmm. but no guarantees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Knowing them. Well, it'll be an adorable ruckus when it happens. It will be. So, yes, I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, so today, I I know you two are super excited to yeah. get back to Elihu. 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 Eli what? <laughs> Eli what now? So yeah, Elihu is still speaking. He's going to be talking at us for another three chapters today. Okay. Whoa. Um, so today is all Elihu. All right. But this is the end of Elihu. This is. Oh, okay. This is kind of the big, right? We've been waiting all this time for him to finally, finally be like, something. I'm going to tell you stuff. Quiet and listen. I will tell you some wisdom. I'm gonna. I promise. Today's I promise. his last chance to deliver. I so. promise. I be- he, better, he better say something is all that I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to ask, do y'all remember where we left off last time? And it was just when Elihu showed up for the first time, right? We were like, who, who, who are you? Right? Yeah. And he'd been kind of sitting there. Exactly. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Elihu yeah. like put on his sunglasses and was like, "Wow!" <laughs> and then it cuts to a Who song. Oh my gosh! Perfect. Maybe that that'll happen at the end of Elihu speaking. Oh. He'll, he'll end. I hope he ends on some kind of pithy, like play on words. Oh yeah, and then throws on those sunglasses yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, and then we cut to the Who. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Who's on out of there? Cruises and Who's's. Yeah. So what happened last time? Goodness, that's a really good question. Well, yeah, it was a lot of him being like, I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something. He yeah. revealed that he's been sitting there the entire time, just not yep. saying anything. Because, you know, they're the elders, and he's yeah. a young, a young and, Right, he mentioned and so that. He he's, wants to be respectful, and yeah. now he's finally like, I'm sick of listening to all y'all. Yeah, he's like, none of you have good good advice for right. anyone. You're right. just all talking. You're all just failing in everything you're trying to do. Correct. Right. And he was mad that none of them had been able to successfully refute Job. Yes. Uh, so that, that was kind of his thing. And he thinks that he's the one to do it. Yeah, he does. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see if he actually, actually can. Because he's full of words. Yes. And that, <laughs> I do believe him on that one. <laughs> But just like random words, no, no words that are <laughs> right. that are truly like meaningful in any sense at this mm. point. So, yeah. so okay, what are we drinking for this well, Bible? So study? I was just up in my hometown of Chico, California. Jace yeah, came with me, yeah. yes. And uh, Chico, California, is where the Sierra Nevada Brewery is. We're very proud of it. So we brought back every different kind of Sierra Nevada beer you could possibly want. Um, 
So these next few episodes are going to be kind of unofficially sponsored by Sierra Nevada. Um, Brought to you by Sierra Nevada. Exactly. So I'm drinking the Sierra Nevada Ovila White Ale, which is a Belgian-style Abbey Ale. Um, Actually, when we were at the brewery buying these, the guy in the brewery explained that Sierra Nevada actually collaborates with a local monastery, the monks of uh, the Abbey of New Clairvaux up in Northern California to make this beer. And let me tell you, like, I love Belgian-style Abbey Ales, and I love monasteries also. So it fits. It yeah. really fits. Is I, it good? Do you like it? It's really, really good, actually. Good. Yeah, it has a really nice like kind of sweetness on the back end. Mm. Um, but I really don't know how to describe beer, because I'm, I'm about to say, like, it's like a dusty sweetness that <laughs> I, I love. Just, I want to try some <laughs> uh-huh. now. Yeah, yeah. Here, give it a sip. Yeah. Mm, so dusty. <laughs> <laughs> like a dusty monk. No, it's... Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. It's good. It's good. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm uh, drinking the Hop Hunter IPA, which is that one's not super uncommon. Um, mm-hmm. you know, hunting if you're for hops, mm-hmm. hunting for hops. You're always yeah. hunting for hops. You love hoppy, hoppy beers. I do yeah, just you give me a, a, a glass bottle full of pennies, and I'll drink it. <laughs> oh, I this is the Sidecar Orange IPA, ale brewed with orange peel. That's nice. cool, and it's great. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah, I like that one. It's, yeah, I'll pick that out for you. Yeah, I well, you I like appreciate it. it. Thank you. I think I these like are fruity. all. Really nice beers for sitting in an apartment without an air conditioning on. <laughs> yeah, boy. Because it is kind of sweaty. It's real warm in here today. Yeah. Well, this is Emily's life all the time. Yeah, that's yep. true. I'm used to it. Thank goodness I'm not in like upper LA. I'm in lower oh, LA. right. Exactly. It's yeah. a little bit cooler down here. So we're ready to dive in. I don't think we said specifically today we're reading Job 35, 36, and oh, 37. Right. Cool. Right? Yes. Uh, yeah, so we just want to remind everybody to both read responsibly and drink responsibly. Yeah, and remember, you can drink along with us if you like, or, you know, you can listen along with us in the car. But please don't do both at the same time. All right. Please. Here we go. Job 35. Then Elihu said, Do you think this is just? You say, I am in the right, not God. Did he, he say that, though? I think he essentially said that. Kind of, he yeah. kind of did say he's that. Gone, he's gone back and forth between saying that and not saying well, that. But, but he's, he's definitely said, I'm in the right here. Like, I'm correct. I'm not worthy of punishment. Okay. He has, had said, he has kind of come back to that. There was yeah. a while where he was like, maybe I've sinned, but for the past while, you're and right, then you're he, right. he really leaned hard into overcorrecting and like really right. talking himself yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. Yet you ask him, what profit is it to me and what do I gain by not sinning? I would like to reply to you and to your friends with you. <laughs> Just do it. Do it. Okay. <laughs> Look up at the heavens and see. Gaze at the clouds so high above you. If you sin, how does that affect him? If your sins are many, what does that do to him? Him meaning God? I think yeah, God, yeah, yes. Yeah, because it's not capitalized in here, so I don't know. No, but I'm pretty sure he's referring to God. Okay. If you are righteous, what do you give to him? Or what does he receive from your hand? Your wickedness only affects humans like yourself, and your righteousness only other people. That's okay. an interesting, it is an no, interesting is, angle yeah, to humans take. Humans like yourself. As opposed to non-humans. Humans. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm like... What what are you, Elihu? Elihu the alien? Exactly. Are you like some green man? <laughs> People cry out under a load of oppression. They plead for relief from the arm of the powerful. But no one says, 
Where is God, my maker, who gives songs in the night, who teaches us more than he teaches the beasts of the earth and makes us wiser than the birds in the sky? Back to the birds. They love talking about the birds. All those beards. Got to make sure that that everyone knows that we are, you know, the most superior of all creatures. And we're, hey, man, I'm smarter than that bird over there. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some credit. (laughs) He does not answer when people cry out because of the arrogance of the wicked. Indeed, God does not listen to their empty plea. The Almighty pays no attention to it. How much less then will he listen when you say that you do not see him, that your case is before him and you must wait for him? And further, that his anger never punishes and he does not take the least notice of wickedness. So Job opens his mouth with empty talk. Without knowledge, he multiplies words. Oh, I like that. I like that. I think that's, that's pretty that's good done. That's a good done. That's a good done. Cheers to that. Cheers. No, I like, yeah, definitely. Without knowledge, he multiplies okay, words. Okay, I was out, but now I'm back in on Elihu's side. Oh, really? Yeah, I okay. think I like that he's just like immediately been like, Job, you're saying all this BS. It doesn't mean anything. Like, why do you think any of this talking is going to make God pay more attention to you or less or whatever? I like that. Yeah. Just I mean, multiplying those words exactly. left and right. Yes. Yeah. Although, if anyone's multiplying words, I feel like Elihu is not not guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they would call that guilty. Hmm. <laughs> he, too, is sort of a, yeah... That, that he too is guilty of multiplying words without saying very much. That's, well, that's true, but yeah. he has gotten around to some some deep stuff, I yeah. think. I think he's I think on a, right, a good track here. His point here at the beginning is interesting, though, where he's he's just saying, like, wait a minute, like, why would God punish you for sinning for his sake? Because God is so much greater than us that like your wickedness doesn't affect him. Mm. So like, why should, why would he give a crap? Like he, he doesn't care essentially like, or, or it doesn't bother him that you're wicked or sinning. Is that he, what he's saying? I think that's what he's saying, right? You know what? It kind of reminds me of something I started coming around to in my later Christian career. Oh, what's that? <laughs> well, more my of career as a young Christian woman. <laughs> uh huh. Well, more of realizing like, I think actually God is like so huge and so vast that it's really silly for us as human beings to think that we know so much that we can be like, God likes this. God doesn't like that. God said Uh. this. God wants this. God doesn't want that. That I was like, actually, I think it's kind of silly for us to think that we can even conceptualize what God might want or not want. We're kind of putting God on this human scale. Um, it's interesting yeah yeah and so i feel like this is a little bit along those lines of like honestly like your sin it's not like god's taking personal offense to it it's kind of this idea that god is so massive and expansive and has such an idea of past present and future that he understands way more than you could ever understand about what's actually playing out in this moment Hmm. interesting yeah well yeah because he says here if you sin how does that affect him and then also says if you are righteous what do you give to him or what does he receive from your hand? Mm. Right. Your wickedness only affects humans like yourself, which that's controversial. Cause I think implying like what matters, you, exactly does what matters, matters, does being righteous uh, matter? That's some existential but stuff yeah. right there. It reminds me of some Buddhist stuff. Oh, where the Buddha okay. actually says like, if you try to sit down and calculate out your karma, essentially, like you're ah, going to go okay. insane. Like mm. there's no way for you to tally it up to be like, well, I did this bad thing, but then this good thing. And so, like my net profit on karma is such totally, and such. Right, and so that totally. means that my next life I'll come back as this. And cause his whole thing is like you, you've been reincarnated so many thousands and thousands of lifetimes with so many good and bad things that you've done, uh, that there's no way for you to calculate it. Um, yeah. 
And so, again, that is controversial because it's like, well, then does it matter that I do good things or bad things? But mm. I think it's kind of similar along those lines. Yeah. Uh, all right. Shall I continue yeah, on with yeah, yeah. chapter 36? On this episode of Drunk Elihu Study. Elihu. <laughs> no, well, drunk I was, Existentialism? That's oh, what I was going to say. That's a good podcast. Yeah, Drunk Existentialism. Oh, man. Are we going to start a whole franchise of podcasts? Just about being drunk. Drunk whatever, right? That's some sort of philosophical thing or some, yeah. right? Let's be honest, though. It's more realistically would be something like high existentialism. That's what brings oh, it out of people, dang. I think. That's true. But yeah, drunk existentialism. I think that sounds like a good show. I'd yeah. listen to that. Probably someone would. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway. Continue. All right. Elihu continued. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> Bear with me a little longer, and I will show you that there is more to be said in God's behalf. I'm sure you will, Elihu. Yes, seriously. <laughs> I get my knowledge from afar. I will ascribe justice to my maker. Be assured that my words are not false. One who has perfect knowledge is with you. Whoa. Whoa, jeez, Elihu. Arrogant much, Wait, Elihu? he's saying that he has, has perfect, perfect knowledge? knowledge? Be assured right? that my words are not false. One who has perfect knowledge is with you. <laughs> what does this kid know? <laughs> Nothing. I'm, I'm assuming not much. He's who, just who a kid. Are who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Who, exactly. who is this kid? What's he going to do? He's like the Alexander Hamilton in this situation. Oh, there you go. Okay. Somebody get this kid right. in front of a crowd. <laughs> yes, that's what they're going to say. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Okay, boy. One who has perfect knowledge is with you. <laughs> just chill, Elihu. Just <laughs> calm down. God is mighty, but despises no one. He is mighty and firm in his purpose. He does not keep the wicked alive, but gives the afflicted their rights. Uh, he, I don't understand what he's saying here. Yeah, gives the afflicted their rights. I don't. Ugh. Like he takes care of them. I guess he does not keep the wicked alive. Like we keep, keep, does maybe let keep, them die? Okay, keep going. Yeah, see right, what he's right, building up okay. to here. <laughs> He does not take his eyes off the righteous. He enthrones them with kings and exalts them forever. But if people are bound in chains, held fast by cords of affliction, he tells them what they have done, that they have sinned arrogantly. He makes them listen to correction and commands them to repent of their evil. Okay, hang well, on. I, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. If people are bound in chains, does he mean like those who are slaves, in essence, held fast by cords of affliction? He tells them what they have done, that they have sinned arrogantly. Is he essentially saying that if you're a slave, then you've sinned somehow? Well, maybe like that might be a problematic saying. interpretation. I think, that's, I think that is well, really problematic. But the part I'm attaching to is verse 10, where he says he makes them listen to correction and he makes them listen to correction and commands them to repent of their evil, which is something that Elihu kind of teased last time, which is that his angle is that when bad things happen to you, like it's God trying to send you a message, but that like there is a chance for you to repent. It's not just... Okay this like you sinned and so something really bad happens to you that it's you know maybe you have sinned but god is trying to give you a chance for redemption okay i want to hang on and see where this is going okay but so far though he's still i was expecting him to get away from this and i'm actually a little bit disappointed in my bro ellie are you you back out on ellie i'm I'm, i've i've never been in i'm I'm still in you just said that you I've never been in for Elihu. <laughs> one of you were in, one of you were out. Yeah. Where where are you, Emily? Are you in or out oh, on Elihu? Where are you? Where are you? No, um <laughs> I think 
I I don't know, man. After that comment, I'm a little like yeah. I, I don't know what you're all about, bro. Like okay. I'm still I'm still holding out because I want to see where he's leading. Okay. Maybe we'll see by Just the end of this get chapter. It together. I feel like this whole time Emily's been team friends. Well, I think that they have been the one who's like, to yeah, say. shut up, Joe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but this guy also is, I don't know. Job hasn't said anything now. This guy, it, it just thinks that he knows what he's talking about, but he's, he's a little arrogant. boy. Yeah. Okay. I'm not all about these arrogant boys. Yeah, I feel like I'm team Job. Emily is team... Friendos. Zobil Bab. Zobil Zobil Zafar. Zobil Afaz. Yeah. There we go. Right. And then now Dedeker is team Elihu. I'm still on team Elihu. I'm not 100% sold, not 100% backing him, not putting all my money on him, but I want to see where this goes. All right, fine. Well, what I was going to get to is that I think that right now at least, and maybe he'll go on from here, but I feel like he's still saying roughly the same thing that the friends said kind of early on, which is like, yeah, there's this linear thing between like he lifts up those who do well and, you know, those who like, because he's here saying like that, um, what uh you know that that people who are bound in chains are held fast by cords of affliction he tells them what they've done that they've sinned so he is still on this kind of like yes good deeds but are rewarded i do think that like the unique part is him talking about the fact that there is a chance for redemption that's something that like his friends haven't okay. really talked about but often like people who are slaves are just You're really attached to the slavery yes thing. i mean i don't know is that what he's saying or not because that it be often, metaphorical well perhaps but they're I, just born into that life yeah, like no, and, that's, that's and if we're not talking about reincarnation here yeah. then they just ha- are born into that and what are they paying for the sins of their fathers that is well, very biblical. that is a very biblical thing. Sorry, okay. We'll get know. to that later. Oh, man, here we go. Okay. Wait, you have to drink. I just said we'll get to that later. Uh, oh, right. I forgot about that There rule. are some verses about the sins of the fathers. Of course. Okay, let's... <laughs> That's okay. probably where let's, I got it from. Yeah. Okay. Along. Shall we? Uh, let's see. If they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. Look, he's saying the same... I, no, I just keep going. Poop. Please keep going. But if... <laughs> We try to keep the language clean here. Bull poop. Bull poop. But if they do not listen, they will perish by the sword. Sorted. 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 <laughs> Our version has a little whoops. typo here. Whoops. Missing a space there. Missing a space. They will perish by the sword and die without knowledge. The godless in heart harbor resentment. Even when he fetters them, they do not cry for help. What is fetter? Fetter, like, like, like putting, up? yeah, putting like handcuffs on you. Okay, got it. Oh, really? Okay. Okay, so the godless in heart harbor resentment. Even when he fetters them, they do not cry for help. They die in their youth among male prostitutes of the Whoa. shrine. What? Whoa. What? Wait. Whoa. Okay, okay we got to look at the translations some, there. Yeah, okay, male prostitutes of the shrines. The, what shrines? I was like, yeah, are you referring to like your own shrines that got male prostitutes? Or are you referring to like enemy tribes or like other religions that have male prostitutes at their shrines and you're not into that? I mean, I know temple prostitutes are a thing. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Wait, temple. Temple prostitutes. Temple. As big, I think in a lot of Greek and Roman traditions, like certain certain gods and goddesses would have temple prostitutes, and that was kind of part of your worship was engaging sexually with a temple priestess slash prostitute. Yeah, some of, actually, that's the thing is some of them were priestesses that would yeah, have I'm sex like, with you, but then they were relabeled. Then the they were relabeled thing? as prostitutes. Okay. When the Christian Church started coming more into power, and they were kind of trying to push out paganism. 
Um, uh, okay, I see. What you got? What you got as far as um, translations? What do they say about these male prostitutes? The Good News translation says they die while they are still young, worn out by a life of disgrace. Okay. Okay. All okay. Right. Wuss, All right. come on. <laughs> King James says they die in youth and their life is among the unclean. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's see what else we got. The message says living it up in sexual excesses oh. virility wasted they die young wait virility, virility wasted? wasted wow i wonder if that which also we'll get to later the whole like spilling seed Spill your seed thing we'll get to that pretty Emily's soon actually right that's now. in genesis right is it i, was I think so that was later I think, i'm pretty okay. sure it's in genesis yeah uh let's see it's the new story. international readers version says they will die while they're still young they die among the male prostitutes at the temples. No, I like this one, though. The New American Standard oh, Bible. Yeah. They die in youth and their life perishes amongst among the cult prostitutes. Mm. So uh, cult, I think, yeah, that's kind of what you were getting at, Dedeker. Maybe well, they're trying to differentiate between their Jewish temples and other temples. I think so. I think that's the case, because I do think there were there are a lot of other faiths and other religions that yeah. would have... Uh, more oh yeah what, what'd you find and and their life ends among the perverted persons the perverted persons <laughs> that's from the new king james you version. are a perverted person <laughs> perverted person <laughs> but oh, yeah that, that is a okay. thing of of there were a lot of Unclean. religious traditions that included more of a sexual aspect or like sacred sexuality and so part of your worship in this tradition would involve having sex either with like a man or a woman or whoever worked at the temple but then part of differentiating it is not calling them like priests and priestesses who happen to have sex, it's calling them a cult or calling them prostitutes. Jeez. You know? The Wycliffe Bible says the soul of them shall die in a tempest and the life of them among womanish men. Whoa. <laughs> I'm not Jeez. even going to go there. Some transphobia oh, there, Wycliffe. That is really awful. Well, and bye. It's awful too, because Wycliffe is is an organization that like goes around the world and translates the Bible into lots of other languages oh. and stuff. And this is one specifically that one of my sets of grandparents worked with. Oh, and now I'm horrified and great. Disgusted. Well, Jace, well, well, talk about sins of the fathers. Seriously. <sighs> shall Awkward. we, shall we on? Yep. Shall we, shall we on? Um, okay. 15. Or were we? Okay. Thank you. But those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering. He speaks to them in their affliction. He is wooing you from the jaws of distress to a spacious place free of restriction to the comfort of your table laden with choice food. Oh, choice I just, food. I just can so imagine. No, to, that is so choice. so choice. I just can imagine like God like doing a little wooing dance <laughs> at you to be like, I'm wooing you away from the jaws of distress. Let me dance at you. Here's some choice food. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so choice. All right. But now you are laden with the judgment due the wicked. Okay, but now you are laden with the judgment due the wicked. Judgment and justice have taken hold of you. Be careful that no one entices you by riches. Do not let a large bribe turn you aside. <laughs> a small bribes. one is okay. Who, a small just not okay. a large one. Who was that before? That was Zophar, yeah, I think. I think it was Zophar it was... had a bad experience with bribes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Would your wealth or even all your mighty efforts sustain you so you would not be in distress? Do not long for the night to drag people away from their homes. What? Like, wait till the night to drag people away from their homes? Do, I, okay. 
No. Be- beware of turning to evil, which you seem to prefer Whoa. to affliction. Whoa. Wow. Oh. Okay. Chill, bro. So he's really laying into Job for complaining at yeah, all. Oh, I'm so, into, I'm so into Ali here. Oh. I, he's not perfect. I know he's not perfect. I know he's there's some flaws. Not. I'm still in. Mm, okay. Because he's brave enough to like actually lay into him in a different way than his friends did, which is all this like mighty, you know, holier than thou style experience. And I think Ellie, who's more cutting to the chase with Job. I, I, I still want to keep, I want to keep hearing him. Okay. okay. God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? Who has prescribed his ways for him or said to him, you have done wrong. Remember to extol his work, which people have praised in song. We're going to read some of those songs in a few months. Really? Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. Wait, God's songs? No, people's songs people's about songs God. <laughs> Praising God. I didn't know if God wrote some music. I mean, we don't know what God does. We only get to read the Bible, which was written by humans. Moved uh, by God, in theory. God did not reach down and write the Bible himself. What did you say? He moves by God? That, no, that was the explanation given to me. Like, the Bible was written by man, but it was men who were inspired by God. Right. That's why it's God's word. Okay. And that the people along the way who have picked out which books get to stay in the Bible and which ones don't also then went and decided which ones were actually inspired by God or not. So there have been levels of... And the translators who have and then the picked translators out words. Too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Starts to fall apart a little bit, but... There's a long review process for deciding <laughs> Clearly. who spoke the word of God. It's a long God's telephone like, process, really. Not you. Yeah, you're okay. Fine, you do it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where, where are we 25. here? 25. 25. All humanity has seen it. Mortals gaze on it from afar. How great is God beyond our understanding? See, okay, wow. see, yes. I like that at least Ellie, who I really is like it. totes beyond our understanding. The number of his years is past finding out. He draws up the drops of water, which distill as rain to the streams. The clouds pour down their moisture and abundant showers fall on mankind. Who can understand how he spreads out the clouds? How he thunders from his pavilion. Oh, God Ooh. even makes, like, the weather? Yeah. Well, yeah, who else yeah, does? I don't know, like, the solar system? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> like... I think there's well, problems kind of... on both sides of this <laughs> argument. Yeah. Kind of overcorrected there a little bit. <laughs> oh, gosh. That gave me a little bit of goosebumps. <laughs> Not the solar system comment, but the poetry of that. Uh, yeah. That actually, like, that's really lovely. Maybe not the solar system, but like the 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 weather the, system. The weather system, perhaps. Yes, hmm. which probably has something to do with the moon. The moon. I'm sure and the, the moon tides. The tides. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. And you know where the sun, where the Earth is in, exactly. in relation to see, the sun. see uh-huh. the solar uh-huh. system. I have brought it back now. Okay, keep going. See how he scatters his lightning about him, bathing the depths of the sea. This is the way he governs the nations and provides food in abundance. He fills his hands with lightning, bam, and commands it to strike its mark. So he's Thor, yes, or Zeus. He's kind of, that's, I think he's saying he's an all-in-one dude, His thunder announces the coming storm. Even the cattle make known its approach. By laying down like cows do. Oh, I didn't know that. Before a storm. They lie down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is going to be rough. Yeah. That's how you know a storm's coming, like the cat, like all the cows cows will lay down. uh, Not on their backs. No, not like (laughs) flopping around on their backs. They're just like, oh, we're just going to, you know, settle in for the storm. 
Right. Yeah. Oh wouldn't that goodness. be wouldn't that be a bad thing? Like what if they get struck by lightning? Well, I think that's to help them not get struck by yeah. lightning probably, right? Why? They're getting lower You're grounded. To the ground. More grounded. So it's going to hit the tree near you instead of you. Yeah. Really? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't studied cow logistics. I thought that like a bit, the lightning just strikes randomly. It tends to strike taller things. It does it strike metallic trees. things? Things that are conductive? I'm assuming the cows yeah. aren't metallic. Unless they ate like no. a metal rod. Oh my goodness. Well, okay. That's why lightning Sorry. rods exist. Exactly. To attract lightning. Sure. Yes. Intentionally to attract it. right? So it doesn't strike something else. Because they're higher up and they're conducted, you know. They're, yeah, conductive. conductive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these cows theoretically aren't. Yes. Okay, okay. I know we're all off on cows, but this Sorry. is like so lovely and poetic. If I was taking this seriously right now, I think my mom would be right. I think Joe would be making me cry right now about just really? like really? the vastness of the universe and the, like the incomprehensible level that God is. Like you... that moves me a lot more than like God is as like a beardy man in the clouds. Dedeker always has kind of been a bit of a of a transcendentalist. Yeah, that's true. I'm so... guilty. I am. Yes. Transcendentalists are like who? Who is the uh, Walt Whitman. Thoreau or is Whitman? Thoreau, yeah. Walt oh, Whitman. Yes, you do love Whitman. <laughs> and those guys were all about transcendentalism. Is is the idea that God sort of transcends human understanding? Yeah. That God is so much larger than we could ever understand. It's connected so we could to also nature, to, like like right. nature as God, very much. And again, it's this thing that kind of transcends our understanding. That's right. true. I, I that we can't sort of boil of God down to some rules. But yeah, yeah. so you love those poet dudes. I, do love that. I didn't know Whitman talked about God. He doesn't talk about God a lot, but he talks a lot about like nature and humanity and the universe being, again, this really amazing, huge, expansive, transcendental thing. Yeah, I, I can get beyond that. I just don't understand the God of it all. All right. Well, we're only a couple books into the Bible so far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got a ways to go. All right. With that. Emily, oh, man. bring us home. Job last 37. Of this episode. It's the last I, chapter of Elihu. Oh, this is, so oh, this yeah. is still Elihu. But this yes. is the last time. This is it? This is it. Whoa. Grand okay. finale. Grand the finale. last of the Elihikans. Oh, They're good. last yeah. of the Elihikans, yes. Eli- Elihukans, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. At this, my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen. Listen to the roar of his voice. To the rumbling that comes from his mouth. Whoa, he's going real intense here. Yeah, seriously. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of the roar, of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. Wow. So, like, is that essentially equating thunder and lightning to... His voice. I think he's just pointing he's out, like, like, look at brah. how awe-inspiring and also scary, but amazing, you know, thunder and lightning. Yeah, is. that's cool. I think that's what he's getting at, yeah. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. He says to the snow, fall on earth. <laughs> <laughs> and to the rain shower, be a mighty downpour. <laughs> so that everyone he has made may know his work he stops all people from their labor Mm. the animals take cover they remain in their dens the tempest comes out from his chamber the cold from the driving winds Mm. the breath of god produces ice and the broad waters become frozen he loads the clouds with moisture he scatters his lightning through them back to the lightning yes Mm -hmm. 
At his direction, they swirl around over the face of the whole earth to do whatever he commands them. Okay, I like yeah, that no, idea. Is, That's this cute. Is, yeah, this is totally up my alley because this Very is more leaning into yeah. yeah goddess nature. Yeah, um, mm. and leaning more into look at how awe-inspiring and magnificent nature is. And yeah, then I'm like, mm, yeah, no, this is moving me. I love it. Well, there you go. <laughs> he brings the clouds to punish people oh. or to water his earth and show his love. Why right. do clouds punish people? I guess if it's if like it's like storms, yeah, it's so torrential that you know sure. your farmland gets washed away and yeah. stuff like that. Or if it's a nice little sprinkle, then he's showing his love and you're to like, you. Mm, nice, yeah. God's love. Oh, thanks, thanks, God. <laughs> Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Do you know how God controls the clouds and makes his lightning flash? Ah. Do you know? <laughs> nah, I don't. I don't. That's what that's what Job says. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how the clouds hang poised, those wonders of him who has perfect knowledge? So he's saying that, wait, that he the has God? perfect knowledge no, and so God does God? Perfect I think he's saying God has perfect knowledge. Maybe he's kind of implying that like I'm being the vessel of God right now who yeah. has perfect mm. knowledge, which is also pretty arrogant. But... Yes. But yeah. apparently Dedeker likes him. I, I like his he turn of phrase. Guys. I like, oh my God. <laughs> okay, we're not even going to go in I, that direction. I'm just saying. No, I just I do have a bad track record with arrogant men. Eh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to you, Tim. You who swelter in your clothes when the land lies hushed under the south wind. I can feel it. I feel pretty sweltering under my clothes right now. It's very immersive. Can you join him in spreading out the skies hard as a mirror of cast bronze? Mm, Back to bronze. We love bronze. It's high tech. It's probably like all that they had back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us what we should say to him. We cannot draw up our case because of our darkness. Because of like their internal darkness? I think so. I think like we can't expect to be standing on the same level as God. Like this really... Only Elihu. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, I wonder if he's saying drop our case in the sense that Job was saying like, you know. Like a court case. Right. Oh. Like bring my accuser before me, like that sort of thing. Okay. Ooh, also, I, I, I apologize for this tangent, but uh, someone, oh, right. I was reading about this in one of the like study Bible yes. things I was looking up that uh, it was Satan, right? The word Satan. Yes. The word Satan means um, like prosecutor or accuser. In in Hebrew, right? In really? Hebrew, yeah. yeah. And so when Job was talking earlier about sort of like treating it like a court case and like who's my my advocate in heaven, and we made the jokes about you know angel attorney, mm-hmm. which I still want that series to exist. <laughs> uh, that 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 kind of makes sense with Satan being in this story as well, even yeah. though Job like they, is not they aware of that. They established this this kind of like court proceeding metaphor very early on, just by the fact that he's called Satan, which means prosecutor. Right. Okay. Right. Sure, I get that. Which also, I could see meaning, I mean, I, I don't know this, maybe a, a Bible scholar could tell us something like this, but is it possible that in this story, when Satan says this, it's just, this could be any of the accusers, say there's like multiple like state prosecutors in heaven? <laughs> you know what Probably. I mean? Like, still prosecutors. The Attorney General's office in heaven is, the, <laughs> what? The, right? Like, that could that maybe oh, yeah? it's not Satan as in a character, but more Satan. Satan the, the office? The, 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 yeah. Satan the State Department? Yeah, I love that. Satan, sh- sa- Satan the state, state. State in the state. Oh, boy. All right, please continue. Okay. Sorry. 
should he be told that I want to speak? Would anyone ask to be swallowed up? Sorry. I mean, some people what? would. I guess. Now no one can look at the sun bright as it is in the skies after the wind has swept them clean. Mm. Out of the north he comes in golden splendor. God comes in awesome majesty. Awesome. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that they're saying it like it's it is awesome. Yeah. It is full of awe, but but I can just imagine this like guy that- being like awesome bro. <laughs> Awesome Whoa. majesty, bro. Exactly. God, bro. God, bro. The Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power. In his justice and great righteousness, he does not oppress. Therefore, people revere him. For for does he not have regard for all the wise in heart? And then and is he like, it. and seen? Yeah, that's the end of and it. And then he just sits back down. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my back tree. Into the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Honestly, I'm still in on Elihu. Really? Maybe this is the beer talking, right, but like that was the first time that I was like moved by the Bible since we started reading it. Oh, really? I thought on there's this... been other much more poignant, beautiful things. Well, said. but that's for you, but for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. It's that transcendentalism. Okay. I'm just like, oh, yeah, Elihu. Yeah. All right. Elihu. All right. Yeah. You know how to speak my language. I feel like with the way this is set up right now, yeah. I, I, it seems like Elihu, like we we are supposed to feel that way mm-hmm. about him. We are supposed to be like, yes, finally, someone's come and told us like the truth about mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. God and all this stuff. Yeah. Right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think um, so. I think, that the, again, it's just the fact that he's so self-righteous he's like well look at how awesome i am yeah Yeah. that's just something that i don't find attractive at all (laughs) so i can't find it attractive about him that he keeps saying stuff like that but you know sure i hear you and it is beautiful Mm -hmm. i'm sorry dedeker's mom job has (laughs) not made me cry yet well it got me close so i think that's nice oh what is this beautiful what is this? Well, these are some little breakdowns that Dedeker and I um, found at uh, at her sister's place. Yeah, so ah. it's called The Bible Project, I believe. I think if you go to thebibleproject.com, you're going to have to double check me on that. Um, but they make both YouTube videos and kind of these infographic style breakdowns of every book of the Bible. Wow. Yeah, it's really useful. Like it points out kind of the main themes, who wrote it, like the main structure of essentially kind of like the quote unquote plot of that particular book, um, like the main questions or answers that we take away from it. And it's great. I just love how they try to make the Bible like as accessible as possible. Yeah. Because as we heard from that episode of This American Life, like people are starting to, or probably yeah. not starting to, but right. they have not been. Not so jazzed about yeah, going not to so, church and stuff. Exactly. So they're like, okay, we're going to make these animated series and we're going to make okay. this like thing that's easy to look exactly. at. Well, let me, okay. Let me build off that really quick before Jace yeah. goes into yeah. explaining this. Okay. I was actually having thinking about this earlier today and I was thinking about the fact that like, you know, I think we've gotten some people commenting on social media about like, Oh, you're doing this like without any help, without anyone explaining it to you. Mm. And we're like, no, no, no. Like we're getting some experts on for bonus content. But like, we also think it's useful to be able to have, us three chuckleheads just trying to interpret the Bible as lay people. And I think that is important to do because 
when I was growing up, like you see organizations like the Gideons, for instance, handing out Bibles or handing out copies of, you know, the gospel with the implication that it's like, you're going to hand it out and someone's going to read it. And just by reading the text, they're going to have an understanding or have an interest in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is actually really important to put that to the test of like, is this something where you could read the Bible and get some wisdom or understanding or insight without needing it to be interpreted for you by someone else? Not that I think that that's bad having a pastor or an expert or someone interpret it for you, but I think it is important to kind of put it to the test of like, you know, because I think we hear so often that it's like, well, the infallible word of God, you know, or like the yeah. Bible is the most important bur- book, Burke. It's <laughs> <Jeez>. the most important book. The Bible is the most important book. Oh my God. Um, and I, I think it is actually quite valuable to try to access it just yeah. as it is as lay people and see if it holds up in that way. And we have gotten some of that feedback. Actually, what's funny is I feel like some of more of the like armchair theologians are more the (laughs) ones, you know, the ones who just are into this stuff. They're the ones like, ah, like I want to correct you on things. I want to tell you you context. And actually people who are more of the actual theologians professionally and pastors are actually the ones we've gotten the feedback from that's like, I definitely have some answers for you if you want them, but I love that you're just trying to understand this as it is. Um, So that's, that's been really cool to see too. Because I just, I love the idea of, you know, so like pretty soon we're going to finish the book of Job and like eventually we're going to finish other books. And I love, like, honestly, I love the idea that like we end a book and we're like, well, we think it meant this. And then maybe we look it up and like, oh, actually in popular theory, they interpreted something totally different. Cause I think that's really interesting. Yeah that yeah. we came to this different conclusion about what it means or what it means for humans or what it means that God's trying to say versus what maybe the m- mainstream Christian interpretation is. Cause well, and also there that's, that's even a difficult thing to say what a mainstream Christian interpretation right, is right. because there is so and much maybe, variety. Maybe there. the yeah. quote unquote commonly accepted interpretation or how it's yeah. at least been interpreted in the past 50 years, let's say, or things like that. Anyway, what you got for us, Jace? Well, what I was going to say is just, so this uh, sort of infographic thing, which comes from their giant coffee table book, Ooh. breaks down Job's argument, the friend's argument, and then Elihu's argument, huh. which is all about this question, right? Of like, is God, you know, like, is God a just God? Is God just, right? So it's saying that essentially Job's argument is I'm innocent, meaning that my suffering is not justified. Sure. So therefore, either. God doesn't rule the world according to justice or God is unjust. That that's sort of how they kind of break down the logic of what Job is saying. Even though Job doesn't quite say Say that, that. right? And then the friends are saying, no, God is just. And then the implication of that is that God runs the world according to justice. So therefore Job must have sinned. Like there's no other Mm -hmm. way around it. Job must have sinned. That's the only thing that can explain this. But he didn't. Well, Yes. But that's what they're trying to say. That's what they're trying to say. But they're trying to gaslight him into thinking that's that he the did. Thing, they don't, the whole thing right. is like... It's... Yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> so then, so then this is the only thing that's interesting because I did not get that imp- this impression from Elihu. So Elihu is also saying, like the friends, he's saying God is just and that God runs the world according to justice. And his conclusion, the conclusion from his stuff is that suffering may be a warning to avoid future sin. See? Did he say that? Because yes. Because it like, builds character. Like, I don't think he said that. Where did no, he but, say that, Dedeker, say- <laughs> Mr. Lover of Elihu? Did you just call me Mr. Lover of Elihu? Yes. Did you just misgender me? Yes. Sorry. Um, 
Mr. Whatever, it's okay. I can Elihu own Mr. Lover? lover of Elihu. Why Fine. not? Fine, okay. Um, I can be fluid. Mr. Elihu Lover. How about yes. that? Mrs. Elihu. Oh. You should marry him if you love him so much. He was saying that it's like, but those who have sinned, like God comes to them to show them that they have sinned and then they have an opportunity to either repent and then become righteous or to ignore it and then be punished more, essentially. And I understand that. And that's what I got from reading it. Yeah. But from this breakdown, at least. Yeah, well, that's their interpretation. No, I know. But I'm just sort of like, where did you get that from? That Mm. it's about Uh. avoiding future sin. Whereas it seems like Elihu's kind of saying the same no, thing as the friends, but, but maybe with No, but it's kind this. of about that, about that, like now you know in the future to not, you know, to be more righteous instead of to be wicked. I guess. I just feel like it's a little bit weak. Well, you're a little bit weak. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry. That's, That's what I was waiting like yeah, I, I expected that to happen. Know, yeah. So, okay. That's always where it goes. Well, I am excited to consult each of these for each different thing. Totally. And I also, think... I know that, no, I'm just saying, I know that I have more to... That, you know we have two more episodes of Job, yes. so yeah. don't please don't give it away because I, no, this I is the first time for I, me. I promise, I promise. Like I've yeah. said in earlier episodes, it's like I know what the ultimate ending of Job is, but I still am not sure how we get there. I don't know what happens. Well, it's a now long and then. slog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we have two more episodes. So what are our predictions for what's going to happen next? Well, you knowing have that a there's big, two more episodes, you have a big hint knowing that Elihu's done talking so and then, that Job's done talking. Oh shoot, and the supposedly. friends are done talking too. I don't know if that's been clarified or not, but I think... I think everyone's done talking. Is the GD going to talk? <gasps> yeah, maybe God's going to talk now. Just G. G-O-D? The G-O-D? Yeah, is the G-O-D? Sorry, G-D, yes, implies yes, something bad. Yes, implies, I swear. The G-D is yes. what I meant. Yes. Yep. That's what I meant. Yeah, maybe uh, God's going to talk next. Maybe God's going to finally start to wrap all this up. Or wrap... Or oh, that'd be good. Give a rap. Yeah. I mean, Dedeker rapped, you know, a few no, episodes. It, Unintentionally. Quite unintentionally. Well, it happened. All that I'm saying is yeah. it happened. Well, yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited to see that. I'm glad that we're still on two episodes a week right now. Yes. Uh, because I'm in suspense about what's happening. Well, let's do this. Let's wrap this up. Right. And then the week will move by faster so that we get <laughs> a new episode. Okay. Perfect. All right. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us for Bible study today. If you want even more drunk Bible study, including bonus episodes, new series, guest interviews, and more, become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash drunk Bible study. If you enjoy the show, take a moment to subscribe and then write us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher, letting other people know what you like about it. Find us on Twitter at drunk Bible cast on Instagram at Drunk Bible Study, or send us an email to info at drunkbiblestudy.com. Drunk Bible Study is created and produced by Dedeker Winston, Jace Lindgren, and me, Emily Matlack. Our theme song is Book Club by Josh and Anand from their album Home of the The The. The theme song for the Book of Job is Unuse Dei X by Kevin McLeod. For more information, visit us at drunkbiblestudy.com. Your dad